Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, y'all, seven rounds in heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Brock Purdy can do it all. He's the modern day Steve Zahn. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. Ritter Ready. And with me, as always, is AJ Woolen Ink Got That Sauce, Marchese. What did you say? Today, we're talking all the best and worst NFL rookies from week 14 of the NFL season. Let's do seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Sports Drink in ty- on Instagram and type in at Sports Drink, spelled like Sports Drink without the vowels. Oh yes, that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. I kind of messed that ad up, but that's okay. That's okay. They've heard it before. And they'll hear it again. Yep. Unless a meteor hits Earth. Okay. Well, tell me I'm wrong. Or would you podcast through the meteor shower? Oh, definitely. Come on now. I would just keep repeating that ad as like a yeah, source of inspiration for people. Um, Speaking of inspirations, one of the... Uh, is that what you said? Inspiration? Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the most inspirational not not outside of the game of football but in the game of football mike leach few coaches changed the game like mike leach did he touched college football in a way we've never seen it's trickled into the nfl um you you pick out some of the best quarterbacks over the last decade they are connected to leach in some way mike leach passed away due to a heart condition this past weekend uh, as a result, Mississippi State has named defensive coordinator Zach Arnett as their new full-time head coach. Um, an end of an era. Few few people have gone, if anybody, probably nobody, has gone to three harder places to win and won the way Mike Leach did. Yeah, man. I mean, so to know her, so sad. It just also happened so fast that obviously um, Mississippi State's already named Arnett their head coach and it seemed like they had to do it quickly because other coaches were trying to poach their players, which is, I mean, the nature of the beast, but just really, really sad. I mean, for real, uh, Mike Leach's impact, it's going to be felt for a long, long time. And in like in all levels of football, like you just said. 
Yeah, obviously, uh, I can pinpoint the moment I truly fell in love with the game of football. It was uh, 2008, Texas Tech, Texas. Michael Crabtree, baby. Crabtree with two seconds left. Yeah. That, I always loved football, but that was the moment I fell in love with football. So, uh, I've always loved Mike Leach um, for what he what he did for the game of football. Obviously, quite a character off the field as well, and one of a kind. He'll be missed. Um I, it's it's been nice to see all, all the tributes and, and kind of people understanding how impactful he's been. I mean, Lincoln Riley, Dana Holgerson, mm-hmm. um, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Like, there's the list goes on. The coaches you can name, and it, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. It is again sad as hell. Um, yeah, that was definitely one of my moments too. I remember having I had a, I had a Texas fan on my street that I used to play football with, and like razzing him about Crabtree's big play. It was just it was fun. I mean. It was such a lovable team, and like you said, like Leach is, you know, has coached so many lovable teams and won so many games that you know, and changed so many programs that no one had business doing. So, um, yeah, so so sad. Uh, in other news, Navy fired head coach Ken Numatola. Can you say his last name, Major? I, I can't actually. I always struggle with it too. Um, Kenny. But Ken, everyone, yeah, the best coach in program history. Uh, they fell to Army in double overtime on a heartbreaking fumble. He was fired after the game in the locker room by the sounds of it. Very uh, kind of kind of a not respectful way to no. fire the best coach in program history, but hey. Uh, some of the names that have come up to replace him, Kennesaw State head coach Brian Bohannon, Army OC Brent Davis, Air Force OC Mike Thesian, Navy defensive coordinator Brian Newberry, who is currently the interim. Um Bohannon, Davis, and Thesian are all tied to the triple option. Uh, Newberry's obviously already on staff, so tied to the triple option as well. Uh, it sounds like Navy's not going to stray too far from the triple option. Um, so hey, that's uh, that that was kind of out of nowhere. It was. I mean. I don't know. Like, is there more to this? Like, what's the what's the logic behind this? Well, I, I don't know. It was the weird thing last uh, season when they the the AD fired his offensive coordinator during the season, and then they hired him back. And I don't know. It just feels like it, it was going the wrong direction, both on the field and off. Weird. Yeah. Uh, more positive news: Purdue hired Illinois defensive coordinator Ryan Walters. North Texas hired Washington State offensive coordinator Eric Morris, another leech guy. Stanford hired Sacramento State head coach Troy Taylor. And Kent State hires Minnesota assistant head coach and running back coach Kenny Burns. We see Walters go to Purdue and instantly uh, give a mock a BS scholarship, which was a great moment. Um, it, it felt like, you know, like I feel like a lot of Purdue fans, I think we talked about it, like, you know, this their, their whole – every time Purdue's fun, it's because they have a fun offensive coach. Walters is obviously a defensive guy. So their OC hire is going to be really interesting, um, but yeah, no, that's that's a great great start. I think to to get the fans over on him, you know. Yeah, and, and, and he's been one of the best defensive coordinators the last couple Definitely. of years. He's, I, I love that hire. I love Eric Morris to North Texas. It's funny North Texas fires Seth Luttrell, yeah. who was a leech guy. They hire Eric Morris, who's also a leech guy. Brings that that air raid attack. Uh, keeps the air raid attack in Denton. I like that. Troy Taylor. I mean, Stanford could have really botched this thing and hired Jason Garrett, so <laughs> this feels like a slam dunk that they hired Troy Taylor, who whose last game at Sacramento State was 
that insane uh, loss to Incarnate Word. Yeah. Which is where Eric Morris was the head coach Lots last of, year. Incarnate Word's got their fingerprints all over college football. Love it. Um, yeah, <laughs> Jason Garrett would have been a lot worse. I think that's that's what you could say about that hire. And then Kenny Burns, uh, big ties to the MAC in the Midwest in general. Uh, interesting hire. Yeah, it is. I mean, Minnesota, I mean, hey, if, if you can coach Moby Hame, you, you can coach anyone, in my opinion. Couple NFL draft declarations as well. Running offense, then we'll do defense. Stanford QB Tanner McKee, Auburn running back Tank Bigsby, Northwestern running back Evan Hull. North Carolina receiver Josh Downs, Tennessee receivers Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, Penn State receiver Parker Washington, Maryland receiver Akeem Jarrett, and Wisconsin center Joe Tipman. Um, I know we've seen first-round Tanner McKee talk. If Tanner McKee's a first-round pick, how how much would you lose your mind? It, this, to, to me, this is not a great quarterback class in terms of depth. He picked a good it's, class, that's for sure. Like, he shouldn't be above the – I don't think he's a top five quarterback in this class, but he also shouldn't be above fifth. And the fact that some people are talking him as a first-round pick, I just can't see it at all. Like, at least with the Will Levis thing, like, I can understand why. With McKee, I don't understand. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Downs, one of my favorite players in the draft. That's that's an exciting one. Yep. And I'm interested to see how high Jalen Hyatt can go after his breakout year with the Bulls. Yeah, definitely. I feel like he's – I mean, all that you don't see him in first-round talk at all, but, like, he, he's a sleeper to go to go higher than Hyatt. You know, whenever you get a speedy receiver, and a class is still wide open. Um, senior Bull – or, sorry, I didn't do the defense yet. Defense, got baby. so many names to name, I'm getting mixed up. LSU edge rusher B.J. Ojolari, Clemson defensive lineman Miles Murphy, Clemson linebacker Trenton Simpson, Utah corner Clark Phillips, Texas A&M safety Antonio Johnson. Bunch of heavy hitters there. Yeah, Ojolari has had a hell of a year, and it feels like he's still going to keep on rising through the process. I I think he can be a guy that you know sneaks into the first round or, or better. Um. I'm excited to dive a little deeper into Antonio Johnson. I feel like he kind of got lost in the shuffle of the Aggies down season. Yeah. Um, this is a deep safety class. Uh, he's kind of been the guy who all year was pinpointed as a potential first-round pick in, the, in, in this class. So I'm interested to dig in on him a little bit more. Uh, definitely. Uh, and, and, of course, we love Clark Phillips. Of course we do. Senior Bowl acceptance tracker, offense – a lot of offensive tackles this week. Uh, Oklahoma tight end Braden Willis, Ohio State tackle Dewan Jones, Bama tackle Tyler Steen, Tennessee tackle Darnell Wright, and Florida tackle Richard Gourage. Um, how do you think your guy Dewan Jones is going to do down in Mobile, Rob? Uh, this tackle group's really interesting. I think right now he is the most physically imposing and most talented tackle. He had, he took such a leap this year. I'm really excited to see him in these one-on-ones, and we know it's a good edge group as of now that'll be in Mobile. Like, potentially seeing Tyree Wilson against yeah, DeJuan Jones, that's that's, that's a, fireworks. Oh, yeah. I think Darnell Wright can help himself a lot there, too. It's helped himself this year. Had a lot of good games, a couple games, but uh, overall, really, really strong year. Um, two, those two are the, maybe the two best right tackles in this class. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Steen's kind of my, my my guy I've been banging the table for uh, since the summer, so glad he's there. Defensively, speaking of good edges, 
uh, and defensive linemen in general. Clemson, defensive lineman Tyler Davis, Notre Dame edge Isaiah Foskey, Army edge Andre Carter, Ohio State edge Zach Harrison, Miami corner Tyreek Stevenson, Oregon State corner Rajon Wright, South Carolina uh, safety Darius Rush. I feel like um, all eyes are going to be on Andre Carter this week in Mobile. Not this week, but the week in Mobile. Uh, first and foremost, because, you know, everyone's going to be respecting the troops, but also like it's such an interesting year, you know, like, like just such, just such an interesting, you know, place for him to show up. And we just talked about how good the tackle group is. And, you know, he's, he just gets, you know, overlooked in army, but uh, he's, you know, he could be a huge, huge riser if he puts it all together there. Yeah. Seeing how he stacks up with like Foskey yeah. and Tyree Wilson. I mean, even Zach Harrison, who I don't think either of us believes that, like top fifty guy, but Zach Harrison's still in a physically imposing guy, six yeah. six two seventy, like a Carlos Dunlap type. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson's also a guy mm-hmm. um, who I'm, I'm glad's there because on a bad Miami team, we we didn't talk about him much this year, but uh, I thought he looked like one of the best senior corners running the year, yeah. if not uh, the best one. Um, and two special teamers: Alabama kicker Will Riker and VMI long snapper. Robert Soderholm the third. Love whenever we get VMI representation, bro. That's all. I, that's all I got to see. Got to say, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Uh, speaking of huge, here's a huge East West Shrine Bowl acceptance list. Before we get into our NFL rookies, and starting with your two favorites off the top, Houston fullback slash edge Derek Parrish, Minnesota running back Mo Ibrahim. Yeah, baby. Fresno State running back Jordan Mims, Fresno State receiver Jalen Marino Cropper, North Carolina receiver Antoine Green, Michigan State tight end Daniel Barker, Boise State tackle John Ojukuwu, Maryland tackle Spencer Anderson, NC State guard Chandler Zavala, Penn State center Drew Scruggs, Texas defensive lineman Moro Oromo, Cincy linebacker Ivan Pace Jr., Utah linebacker Mo Diabite, Duke linebacker Shaka Hayward, TCU corner Trevizas, Hodges Tomlinson, Ohio State corner Cam Brown, Texas corner Deshaun Jamison, and Western Kentucky defensive back Khalif Halassi. That's a good group of names, Rob. You named them very well, and that's a good good group no, of names. I'm stumbling. I'm on my. Yeah, yeah. I'm mailing. I know. I'm mailing this I was year. trying to pick you up. Um, but no, um, that's a group. That's a good group of players. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm really excited about the Fresno State guys. Uh, I think Mims is one of the more underrated backs in this class. Uh, a guy who was kind of their pass-catching back last couple of years and took on the full running back role this year. And, and Marino Cropper is a really exciting yak player, kind of a, a twitchy slot receiver. I like both those gets. And um, defensively, I like Ivan Pace and, and obviously Trevious Hodges-Tomlinson. Yeah, that was a good I, – I think, you know, Deshaun Jameson at Texas had a really good year this year. Uh, dynamic player. I think he could help himself. That's a good group. Like I think overall, that's a good group of. Uh, it's a good crop. Does it just speak to the strength of the class, or is it just Galico putting work in, Rob? I don't know. I don't know. Hodges, Thompson, Deshaun, Jameson could be two of the like more highly viewed nickel type of. Corners. Yeah, yeah. Maybe nickel one and two potentially. Oh, calling a shot? No, I'm not at all. Just no, no, you don't know. You know <laughs> wow, you backed off that so <laughs> quick. Deshaun Jameson, one of my favorites, and I know just Tomlinson. So, uh, very few linebackers were as productive as Ivan Pace yeah. Jr. this year. Yeah, that's that's facts. Maction ties, rare blitzing type of off ball linebacker. Uh, NFL Week 14 rookie superlatives, starting with the rookie quarterback rundown. Exciting week. New names. Kenny Pickett, 
got hurt. Kenny Pickett threw one pass. It was incomplete. Two carries, 16 yards. Uh, got a concussion. Was put back into the game. And then yeah. they decided he couldn't play. That was really, really questionable. Second concussion of the year, too. I really didn't. As a Steelers fan and just a fan of football, I did not enjoy watching them kind of fumble that. I'm surprised I didn't see more people talking about it. This have you he, like it just the the important thing too is he took the hit, he got up, he looked wobbly. Yeah, he went into concussion protocol. He passed concussion protocol. Went back into the game for a series. Didn't take another hit. Then they decided he he was done. That's weird. And again, it's his second concussion of the year. Like, what are we doing here, people? I don't understand. Like, what was that the spotter or like? But then he already went through protocol. That's a very strange. Yeah, and like he was clearly wobbly, and he clearly hit his head on the turf. Uh, By new protocols, I I swear that's instantly he's supposed to be not in the football game. He, I don't think he should start this week. Yeah, it's probably like he's been limited in practice. Rudolph and Trubisky split reps. Um, Just let Trubisky go out there and sling that. Yeah. that guy was pushing the ball downfield for better or for worse against the Ravens. But, yeah, so that that's that about Kenny Pickett. It, it sucked to watch them kind of fumble that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, we did have some good rookie quarterback play this week. Who, Rob? Brock freaking Purdy. Brock solid, baby. Uh, 16 of 21 for 185, two TDs. Ran, ran for a two-yard touchdown against Tampa. Yeah. Hung another 30 points on a team from Florida. Got the win against Tom Brady. Has the torch been passed? Yeah, I think. Did you see that one graphic they threw up during the game that was comping them to each other? Yeah, but I think that's torch pass, Rob. I think they're right. Purdy's the new Brady. Well, hey, I mean, Mr. Irrelevant, like, he doesn't have the same pedigree as Brady, a six-round pick. I love that, like, Purdy puts down Tom in his last game probably ever in San Francisco at home for him. Just and Brock Purdy stands in his way. Like I love it. Um, like okay, but but obviously we both didn't think Brock Purdy was going to be anything in the NFL. He wasn't very good at Iowa State. That's like, and that's not just us as NFL draft people thinking that. Like that that but that's the consensus of college football fans. I I've been seeing on Twitter are, are like shocked he's this yeah. right now just based on what he was at Iowa State. Like for the Cyclones, he was a great college quarterback, but no one ever thought he he kind of do anything at the next level. And then he's coming into this game against Tampa. The one one play that stood out the most to me was on that play action. He has a one-on-one with Joe, with Joe Trion. Does like the Brett Favre swim move to beat the pass rusher, scrambles up in the pocket, way off platform, rips one over uh, over a defensive back, like layering the ball perfectly to Debo Samuel for a first down. It was, yeah. it was incredible. There was a, there was a couple... Just he looked really good out of structure and off platform. He's doing a really good job extending plays. He he keeps his eyes downfield when he scrambles, but he's also not afraid to tuck it and run. And, and, and he, like there was a third and eleven where he picked up a first down. Um, the the TD to CMC, like yes, CMC was quite open. So was Brandon Ayuk. Both those guys got a lot of uh, a lot of separation on those touchdown passes, but he still got it to them. And, and, and that's better than we've seen from some rookie quarterbacks over the last couple of years. Definitely. And pretty took a big hit on that CMC touchdown. He took a big hit too. And he yeah, still he didn't did. delivered. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I'm I look Purdy's pretty played very very well. I still think the media around him is kind of annoying, just from my perspective. I, that has nothing to do with him. Um, but like people acting like that CMC throw was like an all time what a throw. It was a great throw. It was a really good throw. But like you said, he was pretty open. Hey, well, the, the best throw he made was the Debo save. Absolutely, that was a great play. That was a great play. Um, but yeah, like like uh, the poise is really speaking out. And like you said, like the way he is making plays out of structure and off platform is. Is very I I don't think we ever saw that at Iowa State. Um, should Matt Campbell be Mac, fired because of Brock that's what Purdy's I was performance? Say, fire Matt Campbell right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, again, he's now he's ba- he was playing this game banged up too. Apparently, got hit in the in the obliques <laughs> on the second series. I believe. Yeah, on the second series, he might miss uh, tomorrow night's game, like, Thursday night football. He, and obviously, you you mentioned him hanging in tough on the CMC one. He did the same thing on the Ayuk one. He's not yeah. afraid to take a hit, yeah. and he's playing really well at a structure. He's using his legs both as a passer and as a runner. He, uh, I mean, I I don't want to overhype it because we've seen Shanahan get the most out of lesser quarterbacks in the yeah, past. This Nick happened, Mullins, yes. CJ Beathard. And the this same conversations happened. The same conversations were going back. And going all back those guys back. are the same quarterback. They are. Um, but it's still cool. And, I mean, Brock Purdy is playing better football than Kenny Pickett has this year. Yeah, and I think Purdy's got a chance to be the best of those three. So that's good. Um, he's, and he's Mr. He, Relevant, so that makes it extra fun. It is It is very fun. I think it's just, would this be happening on a different team? Probably not. So hats off to, to Shanahan, big time. But um, if, if, this, if, if Shanahan locks up the division this week, maybe even without Purdy, and, like, you know, goes in and, and you know, gets a buy. Uh, I mean, probably can't, we're not going to get the buy, but maybe the second seed or, or third seed. Is that Does that, like, solidify him as coach of the year? Probably. It should, but it might not. Probably won't. They'll probably give it to Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, they, they probably will. And, like, not not undeserved, but, like, that's that's very impressive. Anyways, um, I, I hope I hope pretty plays tomorrow. I think that would be a lot of fun. See him on Thursday Night Football. Decent Seattle uh, secondary, terrible run defense. They can run for 350 yards tomorrow night. But, yeah, he's been he's been a ton of fun and better than I think anyone could have ever anticipated. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get a taste of Desmond Ritter this week because I thought he was yeah. the most pro-ready quarterback in this in this draft class in general. And Kenny Pickett's been fine. Seeing Brock Purdy kind of play this well has been exciting. Uh, we also saw we got our first taste of Anthony Brown this week too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's sick. He came in against the Steelers when Tyler Huntley got hurt, and he didn't lose the game. Um, he did a great job handing the football off. Went three for five, 16 yards. Not going to lie, his arm looked re- like there was one. He just sailed this ball to no one. But, hoof, the RPMs on that throw. <laughs> he had those moments back in college, too. Um, I think if, if Anthony Brown goes out and has a good game, well, there's going to be a lot of upset Duck fans. He yeah he might have to start this week. It sounds yeah like it. Huntley's a long shot. Um, really interesting. It is really interesting. Um, it, it's funny. It's such a goofy class. We've had so many guys have to play a lot of football, like guys that are completely out of nowhere. <laughs> guys that at this time last year I told you would be starting this late in the NFL season, you would never believe me. But here we are. It's fun. Um, is is Anthony Brown the best Oregon quarterback in the NFL? Uh, yep, hundred percent. Well, he might be better than Marcus Mariota. <laughs> he might be. He's certainly better than Bo Nix. 
Bonix going the first round, bud. All right, I don't know. What you're, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, all right, tell, give it to me straight. Do, do any other rookie quarterbacks play that I don't know about? Uh, no, no. Okay, let's let's get on with it. Uh, for offensive rookie of the week, I'm going with Anthony Brown's teammate, the guy snapping him the football, Tyler freaking Linderbaum, who was one of the steals of the draft when he fell right into the Ravens' mm-hmm. lap, and we all knew it. Um, obviously, it wasn't a huge offensive output from Baltimore, but they were without Lamar. Huntley got hurt. They're playing with Anthony freaking Brown, and they're still running the ball with such ease. They ran for 215 yards against the Steelers without really being a threat of of passing. Um, And Linderbaum just... His ease of movement, his his ability to chip and climb, is so ridiculous. There was uh, on J.K. Dobbins' best run. J.K. Dobbins, by the way, who looked explosive, was getting a huge help because he was getting hit until he's five yards downfield <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, but on, one, on on his biggest run, Linderbaum chips Cam Hayward into his uh, into his right guard and then climbs to Devin Bush, who who's kind of unblocking in the hole and just rips open this massive hole for Dobbins to hit. Um, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of his his ability to move in, in short areas and, and, and reach those linebackers to chip those defensive linemen and, and kind of two-for-one guys, open these massive holes. And it, the amount of times, I swear, he was just running over uh, Devin Bush or just running Devin Bush out of the play, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, and, and, and by the way, Ben Cleveland looked pretty good next to him. Yes, I like to hear that. I feel like of all the rookies who are playing, you know, as good as Linderbaum is, he feels like he's getting the least appreciation, which is understandable because he's a center, I guess. But, you know, you'll even see other offensive linemen getting more love than Linderbaum is. And I don't know if any offensive, rookie offensive linemen is playing as well as he is. And and I, I just want to point out, too, like, I know his, his size and length were always kind of the biggest concern with him coming out of Iowa. Like, he was... Obviously, it wasn't like he was going up one-on-one with Cam Hayward all game mm-hmm. or anything in pass protection situations. But, the, like, Cam Hayward wasn't kicking his ass at all. The Cam Cam Hayward didn't get much pressure when they did throw. And, and I, I should, like, Tyler Huntley should go to the Pro Bowl as a rookie. Uh, I believe he's the, actually the highest-graded offensive lineman in Week 14 by PFF, too. Um, he's just been unbelievable, perfect fit for this team. And I, I feel like it's been quiet. I know we've given him Offensive Rookie of the Week honors before, but mm-hmm. he's just been so quietly good. And I feel like last year Creed Humphrey got a little more buzz than Tyler yep. Linderbaum's getting this year. But Linderbaum's been just as good as Humphrey last year. I was about to. It's funny because I was about to ask who do you think is having a better season, Linderbaum this year or Humphrey last year? And I think that's fair. I mean, I think Humphrey just came with you know the, the territory of being Mahomes' center and this revamped off and the whole story behind it and. The Ravens have not been super inspiring, especially of late, right? So, but no, I, I think pound for pound, you're right. They've they've been he's been just as good as Humphrey was last year. Um, two guys that shouldn't have fallen to where they did. That's that's for sure. Um, who's your offensive rookie of the week? Uh, I didn't have uh, anyone that blew me away this week. I know I'm getting boring here, Rob, but my offensive rookie of the week is Gary Wilson again. Um, I thought it was gonna be Brock Purdy. <laughs> no. It was a quieter performance for Garrett Wilson by his recent standards, but it was still so fucking good. Six catches, 78 yards. Nothing like over-the-top explosive, but 
just a lot of like like good stuff like the one play like he just caught a little slant um just like you know in the middle of the field made a man miss picked up a first he's just so so smooth and so sudden like it's both he's just <laughs> he's just so hard to stop and then he had, he had a couple of terrific like sideline grabs one just like a really really nice toe tapper uh the other he took a huge hit that was probably a late hit out of bounds didn't get the flag held on to that one um had a little chain mover where he just got like trey white to flip his hips sold the upfield uh and then just broke it off to the sideline got the first down made it look really really easy it just a really complete, like again, not not flashy, no touchdowns, no huge plays, but just very complete in the, in the bad weather in Buffalo. If if he had consistent quarterback play all year, he'd be the rookie of the year favorite, like by far. I know he might be right now, anyways, but the year he could have had, um, you know, would have been extremely impressive. I know it already is, but statistically, very very impressive. Uh, if if Mike White, like yeah, Mike White was going in and out of this game, he was banged up, like he wasn't playing too great either. It was it was really all Garrett Wilson. Um, he's become a true wide receiver one very quickly in the NFL. He he leads all rookies in broken tackles uh, on receptions this year. He's um, been so he, so dynamic after the catch. He's top five in pretty much every rookie receiving category: uh, yards per target, um, first downs, uh, yards after catch. It's it's pretty it's pretty amazing how how well he's done given that kind of inconsistent quarterback play there. Um, Chris Olave's also kind of been top five in all those categories mm-hmm. as well. They're uh, them Buckeyes aren't so shabby. It's the Big Ten. It's not the Buckeyes. It's the Big Ten. So well, Leonard Baum and Wilson are the office rookie of the week for us. Um, speaking of the Big Ten, Kevon Thibodeau never played in it, but he would have oh. been perfect. He would have been perfect. As a Buckeye. <laughs> uh, he's my defense rookie of the week. I didn't have, like, a clear guy. Um, but I thought Kayvon Thibodeau in a, in a tough loss to the Eagles where there was not a lot going right. I thought, I thought he played a pretty good game against a really strong offensive line. Probably the NFL's best offensive line. Um, he, he, uh, he didn't get credited with a sack, but there was a play where... Uh, he took he he uh, went inside on Jordan Mulata and got held. He he went with a rip move, got held, and and, and uh, him and Aziz Ojolari met at Jalen Hurts. Um, he also had another play where he they asked him to drop into coverage, uh, and he looked really good in space and, and broke up a, a pass. I think it was to actually to Grant Calcaterra, so a little rookie on rookie crime, um, and then. Uh, he finished with four pressures on 15 pass rush snaps, which obviously not a ton of pass rush snaps, mm-hmm. but to generate four pressures in that time. And just his get-off was was giving them issues. Um, him and Aziz Ojolari have a chance to be one of the best young pass rush tandems. I think next year it'll really all come together because I know it, the sacks haven't come yet for Kayvon Thibodeau, but if you watch the games, he's been the best rookie pass rusher in this class, I think hands down. Um, and it's that kind of it's it's the elite athleticism is what kind of kickstarts it all for him. But you're really starting to see him use those hands, use different moves, not just go speed rush outside and try to dip under tackles all the time. You're seeing him, like I said, he he, he went inside on Milano with a rip move and it worked. Um, his get off has just been so ridiculous. Uh, he he is I I don't know why he wasn't the first pass rusher drafted. Um, 
I guess Aiden Hutchinson's putting up better numbers, but uh, you know, if if Jalen Hurts couldn't move so well, I think Kevon Thibodeau probably finished this game with two sacks. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, you haven't been looking at our mentions, obviously, because uh, people telling us that Hutchinson's the best pass rusher because he's got the sacks, Rob. So you look kind of silly, I think. Do you think? Just sorry. Do you think? Obviously, it's it's Sauce and Tariq Woolen for defensive rookie of the year right now. People, people, I think feel strongly that Aiden Hutchinson's third, and I don't think that's the case at all. Who would you put third? Kayvon Thibodeau. I feel like he just he doesn't have the numbers to to actually do it. But okay, but watch the games and he's better than Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, he is. Week in, week out. Yeah. So that's what that's what I mean. He also missed more like, time. Missed time though. Like, but yeah, no, he's playing. Yeah, better but than I mean, yeah, he, he's he's missed time, but he's played so much better than Aiden Hutchinson. Just because Aiden Hutchinson was out there getting getting uh, zero burger by by the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving doesn't mean uh, I, th- I think he should be given to uh, how many picks does Thibodeau have no I mean I don't even I don't even care who's there though it, it's it's a race between Malcolm Roland Rodriguez. and Sauce <laughs> hey Hutchinson was good this week I'll mention him in Flashed and uh, Walker was pretty good this week too I'll mention him too anyways uh, my defensive rookie of the week is neither nor them uh, it's Jalen Petrie who, who had 12 tackles and 2 PBUs in that near upset of the Cowboys it's 16 tackles last week. What's this man doing? Dude, okay, so so th- there was one series right before halftime. Dallas was driving. They were down 17-14. The Cowboys were, that is. And the most fun series, maybe from an entire defensive rookie of this year, but at least at least DBs. First, he, he laid a huge hit on Gallup. He didn't force the incompletion, but, like, man, he, he, was, he was too high. Came down to the sideline. The, the speed, the range was ridiculous. Just the break on it was awesome and put a big hit. And then the very next play, I think it was Gallup again, met him at the ball on a little underneath thing. Uh, that time he separated him from the ball. Uh, just the reading and reacting and coming downhill, just the way he quit, shot it so quickly was ridiculous. Two days, two plays later, um, he, he, they throw one to Schultz in the end zone, gets to the ball again, kind of like from behind, but puts a hit on Schultz, forces the incompletion. And then on third down, he, he has a great PBU. It would have been a first down to keep them uh, moving the sticks into the red zone, down to the five, sorry. Down to the five-yard line. Uh, great PBU on Noah Brown. Just, again, triggering down was awesome. Um, that was all in one series. And, like, in the span of, like, eight plays. It was great. Um, also had a tackle on the goal line on Zeke. Just, like, one-on-one inside submarine them. Was great play. Um, just cut him down. Uh, ended up with a goal line, fourth line, fourth down stand. He just, like, made so many throws tough for Dak. And I was, like, holding on to the ball, like... Like, even harder for receivers. And, like, when the rest of the D isn't a disaster, he's going to be such a difference maker uh, in the league. I know, I know he got credited with giving up a lot of yards uh, in coverage, but uh, it feels like a, a lot of the time, like, he's just the only one who's doing anything when you watch the Texans. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. He was, like... Honestly, he looked like Honey Badger this week, I thought. Uh, you mean the the leading Pro Bowl vote-getter in the NFC among safeties? <laughs> exactly, yeah. He was so good. He was so good. And, yeah, it's like it's such a tough ask for a rookie safety to be everywhere on a bad defense. Yeah, it's like I, I feel like it's him, Jerry Hughes, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You that's know? Pretty Jerry much Hughes it. is playing really well. Uh, Obo Conquo. Was playing good this week, like it's oh, wait, okay. That's okay. That's kind of Tremont Smith had two 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 interceptions. Still sick. 
Um, oh, you know what? Every time I watch him, Trevon Smith, that is, I, I'm always like, that guy is so big for a defensive back. He's, like, he's, 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 he's he is he is a big boy. Uh, so uh, it's just something to keep in mind. Um, speaking of first round rookies and New York Giants, Kayvon Thibodeau's teammate Evan Neal had a tough, oh, tough no. game. And it sucks because obviously last week I talked him up after he returned from the injury. He looked quite good against the commanders, especially in the run game. This week, man, it's just like it's not fair to throw these guys in against this Eagles defensive line. And yeah. I know the Eagles defensive line is not even at full health right now. But to ask Evan Neal to deal with um, Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham, and man, Hassan Reddick just killed him. It was Hassan Reddick, like, pretty much the whole game. He gave up eight pressures, a sack, and had a full start. Um, he just, you know what? He just isn't reaching his landmarks. He He's, like, hesitating, and I swear it's because he knows Hassan Reddick's such an athlete, right? And, and, and such a fluid pass mm-hmm. rusher. Off the snap, he, he takes one kick step, and he kind of stops because I think he's trying to make up for the, the the athletic difference by trying to get hands on him. But then it just it kind of stops his momentum of reaching the limb. And then Hassan Reddick just has a step on him. Like yeah. he's just, there's something weird going on there. Uh, Cause it, I, I don't know if it was part of the, like the game plan in this game, but it kept happening uh, against Hassan Reddick. And I, like at times, like he would just cut block him because I, I think maybe they knew he just couldn't necessarily handle it. That's weird. It, 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 it was super weird. And, I, I didn't love seeing kind of like the weird just can't get to the spot. Um, and like, of course, like uh, uh, at other times, Hassan Reddick's just beating him there because he's so much, so, so such an athletic passer, passer, rusher. Um, but like Evan Neal needs to just kind of, I don't know, speed up his kick step to reach those landmarks because he, he just couldn't get there. He couldn't get to his third step before Hassan Reddick had, had turned the edge. It was... Uh, it was tough. Even when Reddick wasn't getting there, wasn't like officially getting a pressure, he was kind of beating him. That's weird. I mean, I didn't see too much of that issue at Bama, and like obviously he faced a lot of good I know. pass rushers. And he's a really he's a quite an athletic guy. For I know he's a mammoth of a human, but he's an athletic mammoth, you know. Yeah, he is. But the, I also think Hassan Reddick's quietly been one of the best pass rushers in the NFL this year. It feels like like if he got consistent snaps, Reddick, that is, he would be, you know, like a all pro type of dude this year. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just they have so many guys that he gets, you know, they, they shuffle him so much. Yeah, he, he also, like, not even to just make it against athletic, uh, about athleticism, but, uh, like, it felt like the the hand placement for Neil was a little off, too. Mm. Reddick was doing a good job. Like, he was just kept going to, to swipes and chops. Uh, and I, th- I think it, it, it was to kind of make up for his lack of length against Neil. And it, I don't know, Neil just... I, I don't think he's used to pass rushers who are both athletic and, and violent-handed. Uh, welcome to the NFL type of moment, maybe. <laughs> yeah, tough, tough. Um, this was a guy, my guy, worst rookie, who had a great welcome to the NFL his first few weeks. Um, and, and worse might be a stretch, but like a really bad performance from our first-round pick. Um, like I said, like right place, right time a lot early in the year, but Devin Lloyd feels like he's just been like sleepwalking a lot of the rest of the season. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. He he's just like been very blah. Like, he was in coverage on Chig on his touchdown. I mean, I mentioned that later, but 
like it was just an in. It just felt like he he didn't play it tough, didn't tackle after. I don't know about that. It was just something. It felt like an effort thing. Um, you know, getting stuck on blocks, not making plays in the run, and like again, I don't know what it's what it is. Like it just feels like he's not he's not trying. I don't know. It's weird, and he's been like. He's been benched a couple times, and Chad Moomin was out this week, uh, who had a really good game last week. I kind of actually forgot to mention him last week. Um, and now uh, Moomin's supposed to start next week with, alongside uh, Foya Luicon, and um, Lloyd's going to be the backup. That's not a great look after a guy well, three weeks into the season, people were saying he's defensive rookie of the year. A couple weeks ago, remember I was talking up a Chad Moomin game, and yeah. like Devin Lloyd, Devin Lloyd really took a back seat to him in that game. Yeah. And Muma had, like, I, I literally wrote him down. I just forgot to mention him last week. He had, like, 13 tackles. He was kind of all over the place. Um, and, like, uh, back on Lloyd, though, he's only gotten six pass rush reps uh, when lined up at edge all year. So, like, maybe with him, like, being, you know, taking a back seat, maybe we see more of that. Like, I, I don't know. And, like, he was, you know, he's really effective at that at Utah. And it felt like a big selling point on why he would have been a first-round pick. Um, I don't know. And, like, they're, they're, they do funky stuff with Walker. Like, I'll mention Walker later. But, like, you know, he's dropping into p- coverage a lot. It's like they're doing all this funky stuff up front. It feels like Lloyd hasn't been creative. And he just feels like he's not it as just a regular off-ball linebacker right now. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's weird because I feel like he got so such a so much high praise early in the season because he's making mm-hmm. the splash plays. And once you kind of take those away, it's just been pretty meh. Yeah, yeah. Um, on a brighter note, primetime star, there's only Marcus one. Jones. Yeah, there's only one choice this week, baby. The man who affects the offense, the defense, and the special teams. He might be the my favorite player in the NFL right now, <laughs> like, all joking aside. Like, okay, obviously the week before he had the big, what, 47-yard touchdown on mm-hmm. the screen. This week he has the 12-yard kind of swing catch where he yeah. breaks the tackle, gets first down. It's nice. Look fast as fuck. Re- 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 returning kicks and punts. Been the best rookie at that all year. Um, but then he's really playing defense now. Yeah. And Jack Jones got hurt too. So yeah. he played 89% of the snaps. Uh, gave up just that 12-yard catch to Trey McBride where he, he hammered him. Hammered him, yeah. <laughs> uh, he obviously had the gimme interception, but he still made the play. He deserved it for how good he was all, all game. Like, it was it was really fun to watch him do that. I remember, there was one rep where, like, I think it was earlier in the game when Jones first went out, where, like, they sent Nuke deep, and it was just one-on-one, him and Nuke. And, and the throw wasn't good, but he, he he had him in lockstep. I'm like, yeah, okay, Jones is Jones is locked in today. And, yeah, he was fantastic. And they showed that, you know, that little, um, you know, a fake, you know, PA and then, then swing past look a couple of times. So I hope they just keep mixing it in or, I don't know, just keep having new wrinkles. I, don't, I You know, you know how Belichick is with these type of guys. He's going to keep mixing in Marcus Jones. It's going to be fun. Every week he's got to at least get one touch, I think, and it's it's fun. Um, going to underwhelming performance, I'm going to go with Rashad White, who statistically it was a pretty good game, 56 on the ground, mm-hmm. 21 through the air, but a couple tough looks in pass protection, lost a fumble for the second week in a row, um, just wasn't breaking. I know the 49ers defense is great, but yeah. Tampa's so... Uh, discombobulated right now that Good they word. need so much thank you so much out of this rookie running back and it's it's sad that like if he doesn't have a big game they they kind of the offense is kind of eh, yeah eh, eh. 
And um, so it was just like the fumble and the, the pass protection stuff was tough. The pass was something, and, and the fumbling, obviously, but pass was something he's really got to clean up because it's cost him the last couple of games. Um, mine, speaking of pass protection, mine is uh, <laughs> mine is Dylan Parham, the, the Raiders officer uh, guard, who, like, he was our TNF rookie spotlight because there wasn't too much going on. I thought he had his moments, and he had like a couple nice blocks on the run, and it sprung a couple nice runs. But I thought overall he struggled, especially with Greg Gaines, who is having such a good year. But he also had that like you know goofy play where he kind of just got bumped into Derek Carr for that weird ass interception. Um, I, yeah, just just again, it was just us, me focusing on him, and I just didn't think he played played too strong. I'll give you one more too. Go for it. Um, and I think he's been playing really well. But they need him to play almost at a Pro Bowl level, just given what else is going on at corner on this team. And that's Trent McDuffie, who he gave up just two catches, but one was a touchdown where he he um, the the they ran uh, the Broncos were down in the red zone, and and they ran these crossing routes, and he kind of he he got mixed up. And, and followed his man when he should have stuck to his zone, gave mm. up the touchdown. Then he had a 40-yard DPI that led to a score, and it kind of kept the Broncos in it. And just give him the play that was happening opposite him um, at cornerback, they need him to be playing. Like, I know it's just two mistakes, and he's been playing really good football, but they they need so much more out of him as they go to the playoffs because yeah. the Chiefs seeing what what the Broncos were doing to the Chiefs prior to Russell Wilson getting hurt uh, is, is is really scary because that this Broncos offense is one of the worst so in NFL bad. history yeah. and then they came alive against the Chiefs because that secondary is so questionable yeah Bur- um, Burrow and Chase last week felt like they took what they wanted when they needed it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just like, yeah, McDuffie, just two little mistakes, but the the those mistakes mean so much more to this defense than yeah others. Uh, totally. Um, you want to get to looks like a hit? Yeah, I'm giving it to uh, the rookie top ten offensive tackle matchup we got this week in, in the Pacific Northwest of both Icky Aquanu and Charles Cross. Um, starting with Icky, baby. He gave up one sack, but it was Bruce Irvin. Like, who wouldn't give up a sack to Bruce Irvin, baby? Uh, and that looks like, like the first sack he gave up since week three or, or something like that. Um, but in the run, whoo, just a fucking mauler. Just a mauler. And, like, Seattle's run defense is historically bad, but he was a monster. Like, he just looked great, like, you know, in movement, pulling. Um, was just mauling dudes, like I said. And, like, I feel like he had that rocky start to the season – and Carolina just is not good, and no one's watching them. So people like don't realize that he's really turned the season around. It's been really good. And on the flip side, um, literal flip side, Charles Cross was just really, 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 really clean in pass protection. Just I, every time he was had Brian Burns, I thought he shut him down. Just like really clean, really like balanced. Uh, one of his best his best performances of the year. So kind of like on the opposite, well, not on the opposite ends of the spectrum, but one guy doing it at such a high level in the pass protection game. The other as a run blocker. Uh, unfortunately, Evan Neal's you know didn't have a good week this week, but I'm glad that I'm glad to see both of these rookie tackles shining. And I'll throw one more in because he's my guy, Chiga Conquo, baby. Week in, week out, he's performing. 45 yards, six catches, a touchdown where he's just a little in route that beat uh beat um Devin Lloyd. Uh, but just like out of really solid, just really solid, turning into a full tight end. I think his blocking needs some work, but that's not shocking at all. But yeah, um, I love Chig. I love Cross and Aki. I'm glad they're all playing really well. 
Um, I'll go with a guy who nice little hit for us both. Um, Ravens nose tackle Travis Jones. Yeah, I love Travis Jones. Who's being overshadowed uh, just by kind of all the star power I think on that Baltimore defense, but he has been so so quietly strong the last couple of weeks. I, I mean. He's fully taken on that starting nose tackle role, and I know that means he's playing like thirty percent of snaps <laughs> only. But like Pittsburgh couldn't run the ball on him. Uh, Pittsburgh tried; they ran the ball for sixty-five yards on twenty attempts. Uh, Travis Jones only played twenty-nine percent of the snaps, which was really only sixteen snaps. But when he was in there, like sticking him next to Calais Campbell, it's just it's madness because Calais Campbell's so still so big and powerful and athletic, and Travis Jones is just uh, occupying Mason Cole and. And um, and uh, the the Steelers' poor play at guard, and uh, I don't know. It's just been fun to watch, and statistically, it doesn't show up because he's just an old school nose tackle. But it's great. Jones has got more to him than that, but yeah, that's just what he's doing. I love, but to like, see yeah, the, that's what they're yeah, asking out yeah, of him right now, right? De- yeah, yeah, definitely. I love seeing the nose tackle position coming back in favor, and I think it's just going to keep on going. You know, like. Like, the running game in general has come back in favor this year. And then 3-4 style I know it's more, you know, multiple looks. But that's coming back in favor big time, too. Like, it's just going to keep on going. And and there's a couple of nose tackles in this draft, obviously, led by Siaka Ika. But the Seahawks are in desperate need of a nose tackle right now. And I that's I want them to double down Jalen Carter and, and Ika. That's what I want right now. That would be insane. To, how could you do anything on that? That's what I want. Every time I do a mock draft, that's what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> moving on. My looks like a miss. Um it's not a guy who had a bad game this week per se, but because he did nothing. But we just haven't talked about him much all year, and it's Jalen Tolbert, and it's because he's done nothing all year. Um, and this was another week of nothing. Like Tolbert, like just blew a good opportunity this year. He's, he's had two catches for twelve yards all season. Dallas was so thin at wide receiver, like for for at the beginning of the year and all through the year. Uh, now you know Washington's back, and he's he's barely he's barely been able to get active on game days. And this is a guy you know had a really good Senior Bowl, looked like a great landing spot, looked like a really good fit in Dallas, and has just really not come together like at all. And a rookie that this could have been so much better. And I, I don't know, man. Like I, I had him 64th overall, and it just just nothing. Yeah, it. I I really thought he'd be kind of like a a big hit early on yeah um, everything lined up like for, for for the fantasy folks out there too yeah um everything lined up and it just has not my looks like a miss is for everybody brock purdy none of us thought he would be really anything for the for the most part most of draft order did not think mm-hmm. he was going to be anything it was a throwaway pick at mr irrelevant he has already exceeded all expectations nothing matters from this point on he's a miss because he's come in and helped win two games against the dolphins and the bucks 49ers are a win away from winning the NFC West. He has five touchdowns in two games. Um, it's it's been it's been a really fun rookie storyline the last two weeks. Yeah, not a miss for the people who say he's going to be first round pick two years ago. So yeah, shout out Walter Football. <laughs> um, uh, needs to step it up. Yeah, my needs to step it up is is Boye Mafe of the Seahawks, who also another guy we haven't talked that much about, but. He has been playing a fair amount th- this year, and the last two weeks of snap count has kind of been on the decline. And like I said, four fucking times already. See, I was run, he's brutal. Um, I just feel like he hasn't done much, and he really needs to put together a few like flashy games down the stretch because like 
He really not, has not shown anything to prove he was worth the 40th overall pick in this draft. I like him off a, and, and he's a little bit of an older prospect too. Uh, but I like him a lot, but just hasn't come yet. I mean, Seattle's front is, you know, brutal, but at least as a pass rusher, you'd like to see. And he had glimpses early on, but it's really not much of anything going on. So down the stretch, that's someone you need to see something from. I'll give you three. Uh, Bengals corner Cam Taylor Britt, who's been a recurring guest at this spot. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have a, a couple pass breakups, some solid tackles, and, and they really went after him. Uh, 10 targets, gave up 5 for 73, which doesn't sound terrible, but like the nasty man is a terrible, like playing terrible right yeah. now. And But Amari Cooper and DPJ were really getting the best of Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, and honestly, DPJ dropped a touchdown on a fade that would have really put the Browns back in this game against the Bengals. Um, Taylor Britt got a little lucky there. Uh, Pirion Winfrey on the other side of that, he just, he's kind of a, no, like, he's, he played 52% of the snaps. Yeah. And he's just doing nothing. Yeah. Like, he was getting taken to task by Alex Kappa, Cordell Volson, Alex Karras. The Goats, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, or Ted Karras, not Alex Karras. Um, and, and just kind of getting walked on, on the run game. The Bengals were running the hell out of the football. And I also thought, like, Logan Hall just has been a non-factor in recent yeah. weeks for Tampa. Yeah, and I mean, like, when he, like, he was drafted, it's like, okay, you know, they're loaded up front, they won't need him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they need him. They need him, and he really... Like, there's glimpses early in the season, but no, he's, I agree, non-factor. Um, For not ready to play, I mentioned the Chiefs' corners. The Joshua Williams-Jalen Watson combo yeah. is really concerning. Those two were a part of the reason Jerry Judy went off. Uh, targeted a combined nine times, gave up six catches, 63 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, there, I think the, th- the thing is, well, one about Josh Willi- Joshua Williams is he's a very raw, athletic, talented corner coming out of Fayetteville State that needed a year, I think, mm-hmm. to adjust to the NFL and kind of um, kind of – work on his technique and he's just been thrown in the fire and Jalen Watson was a seventh round pick. Like he shouldn't be playing either. And it's just, they're playing three rookie corners so much right now. Yeah. And that's going to be hard to win in, in the playoffs when you're doing that, regardless of who you have a quarterback. And in, in that same game opposite Luke Wattenberg got the start for the Broncos. And man, Chris Jones just said, Hey, that's, rookie, welcome to the NFL. Oh man. That's, that's a, that's a fucking brutal matchup. It, if it makes you feel... Quinn Miners is the best Broncos offensive lineman. Yes. I love Quinn Miners. Friend of the show. Never forget. Friend of the show. Uh, my not ready to the play is uh, Christian Harris, the Texans linebacker, who I just thought was, like, so out of position so frequently. Like, like you know, he hasn't played a whole ton, but play, playing a bunch now for... He played every snap. Uh, it's just I thought the instincts are just not there right now. Like, you're just taking a long time to read plays and misreading plays. Just playing slow when he's, you know, when he is a fast player, right? And like, like when he went just went out and made plays, and they let him just shoot downhill or whatever. He he had something going there. Had a decent PBU. Uh, was productive as a blitzer actually. Like the two times they did it, I think it was. Um, but just yeah, just instinctually and you know reading and reacting is just not there for him right now. Um, that sucks. But they should just keep on playing him. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, let him, let him. I think there's a guy that's you know just going to keep getting better with with playing time when you're when those are your issues, right? 
Yeah. All right. Best day three rookie and, and UDFA rookie, just full running backs for me. Um, best day three rookies, Isaiah Pacheco continues to just be such a fun, yeah. like, threat in that Chiefs backfield. His he, he is so explosive, but also so angry the way he runs. Just a couple different runs in this game against the Broncos. Just breaking like three tackles a pop. It's just like five year run, five year run, but wow, it's fun to watch. Um Kevin Harris out of nowhere on Monday night football. Yeah. This little contact balance touchdown run against the Cardinals. Um and uh what was this? Uh Thursday night football when Kyron Williams barely played but looked good when he did. Yeah. Uh, I also had Grant Calcaterra down because uh, in the first quarter against the Giants, two catches, 24 yards, two first downs. I'm going to give it just to one guy who, you know, it's it, to me the most fun rookie pass rusher isn't Thibodeau, isn't Hutchinson, isn't Walker. It's it's Hutchinson's teammate, James Houston, who just every time he's getting on the field, he's he's been so damn good. He needs more snaps. Like, Is he, he your third for defensive rookie of the year? Exactly, yeah. He hit a little ghost move and like just just toasted the dude and got low and sacked Cousins. Uh, he's got juice coming off the edge and like like at worst he's looking like a very very solid situational pass rusher, he's, which is really all he's playing at right now. He's played three games, and he's like third among rookies in sacks. He's really good. <laughs> The best part is he's played like thirty eight snaps in three games. Like yeah. he's really he, he's playing a little bit more each game, but he's still really not playing that much. No, and they got to keep playing him. I mean, and and I th- and you 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 allude to it well. Just the quality of these pass rushes. Yeah. yeah, like the one against against Jacksonville. I'm still not over. It's yeah. It's not like these are hustle sacks. He is toasting, dude. It's like just the quickness and explosiveness on the edge is just is big time there with Houston. Is is he Elvis Doomerville too? Yep, you called it. You said it. That's the comp. Thank you. Um, best UDFA rookies. Going back to the running back. Well, Jordan Mason in garbage time. He's good. Jordan Mason looked like the lesser version of Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> He's just running so fucking angry. Yeah, he is. And it, yeah, he ran for fifty six yards in garbage time, but looked really good. And I mean, Forty Nine ers just fine running backs everywhere and i i hope they kind of take a little more off cmc's shoulders as jordan mason continues to emerge uh i also have Jalen warren down he had 27 yards from scrimmage but he's just a fun bowling ball he converted like a third and 18 on a dump off it was fun and oh oh Kier thomas for the rams uh against the raiders he had a tfl and he had a second tfl called back because he was held um he was just putting in good work against the run um, do you think the the Niners like have to draft a third round running back that doesn't do anything to like sacrifice them for a late or hundred yeah. rookie that's good to, to to motivate these these weird guys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Mason's been really good. Um, my UDFA rookie is uh, Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight, baby, who is really really good. Seventy one yards and seventeen carries, his touchdown. He's explosive. He's slippery. He's got good contact balance. He's like. He's going to have a role for the Jets for a while. Like, And if it, if it's not in New York, it's somewhere else, I think. He's a good football player. He belongs. Um, the touchdown run was nice, like just a sweep, got outside, made a guy miss, uh, slipped a tackle. Like I said, he's just slippery. He's a slippery dude. Uh, broke it, broke nine tackles in 17 carries. It kills me that I haven't got to do a Bam Nike. I know. Yet. I know. I'm, I'm going to let you have the Jets this week. I don't know who they're playing, but you can have them. Wow! Thank you so much. You're welcome. Never thought, not never thought I'd be begging for a Jets game. But they, <laughs> They're fun. They are fun. I haven't got to enjoy Mike White just taking a beating yet. 
Oh, poor guy. I felt so bad for Mike Leith. It's like it just Ed Oliver and company up front just abusing him. It just like it's like they kept hitting him in the same spot, just right in the gut. Like a poor guy. Um, rookies who flashed. George Pickens looked good with uh, Trubisky in there. He made a couple great sideline grabs. Um, three catches, seventy-eight yards against the Ravens was the Steelers' best offensive player. Um, George Karloftis, who had a hustle sack on Russell Wilson. Had another hit on him and broke up a, a pass to the line of scrimmage with a batted ball. Uh, he's been very solid. Mm-hmm. We just haven't he talked has. about him that much. Yeah. Uh, and Martin Emerson, who continues to be one of the most underrated rookies in this class for the Browns. Joe Burrow, like, just didn't really even bother going after him. Emerson Goat, baby. Um, Pretty much. First rookie flash. Has to be the first rookie flash. Jameson Williams, baby. He's back. Uh, only one catch, but it was a 41-yard touchdown. Just so fucking fast. Got wide open. Uh, his only other target, which is a quick throw to the backfield, like behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, he dropped it, but what do I know where anyway, so I don't care. Um, like I said earlier, Aiden Hutchinson had a good game. Uh, a sack, two TFL, six pressures. He toasted Brian O'Neill. Maybe his best rep of the season. Like, just a good get-off and a nice swipe and just um, got to Cousins. Um, had a couple other pressures. Good game um, overall, I thought. Uh, Sauce Gardner, not a flashy game. Only two targets. <laughs> Gave up one catch for six yards. Just locked down. Just locked down. Like, what else is new for Sauce? Uh, Damian Pierce had a good game. 70 yards of touchdown. Did fumble, but just running hard like he always does. Good patience. Um, Trevon Walker, like I said, good game. Only played 51% of snaps. Had a strip sack. Yeah, uh, I saw it. Only 12 pass rush snaps. Seven, he dropped into cover. I thought that was weird. They, they've been doing that, though. Every time I watch, uh, every time I get the Jags game, they 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 use him in all these ways. And, like, it it works. Like, he looks good in space a lot of the time. Yeah. But it's weird. Yeah, like, he, he one of his cover snaps, he was on coverage and on Chig, uh, kind of. Like, he, he had a big hit. It was a good play. Like, he gave up some yards or whatever. And then the next play was the strip sack. And, like, Chig kind of chipped him. And then he just, Dennis Daly is terrible. He's playing left tackle. Just completely whiffed and Walker finished. And, yeah, it's kind of weird the way they're using him. I I get it, but I don't get it. Um, and then quickly, two two linebackers who I thought kind of had decent games. Damone Clark is playing for the Cowboys, and he, he's looking pretty decent. And uh, our guy, Rodrigo, Malcolm Rodriguez, another just solid game. Really nice t- TFL. He's always really solid. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he's second in the NFL among rookies in TFLs. That adds up. It's It's been a, a lot of TFLs. <laughs> um, my out-of-nowhere rook, of course, I, I, I appreciate you not mentioning him yet because you know he is mine to mention. And that is Pierre Strong, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who came in for the Patriots at running back with their injuries against the Cardinals and produced 90 yards from scrimmage on seven touches, played just 19 snaps, had that 44-yard run where – my boy got north south. He just looked like Pierre Strong. Yeah, yeah. Had the touchdown. Um, he people forget he tested so well. Like he is a very athletic running back. Uh, he's that kind of one cut plays bigger than he is style. He's he's a little petite, but he he makes up for it with uh, the angriness in which he runs. Um, I was so happy to see him. I hope he covers it a role. He, he'd been playing special teams only up to this point. And uh, he he had taken a bad penalty earlier this year, and I was scared we'd never see him again just because that's the Patriot way. But yeah, again, I am not happy that the Patriots drafted Kevin Harrison, Pierre Strong because of what they have in front of them, 
and both are really good. I love Kim and Harris. I love Pierre Strong. I mean, the one run where he just you know you know had the ball covered in that one little cut outside, it just looked like South Dakota State Pierre Strong. Um, my out of nowhere Brook is is Cade Mays, baby, who was lining up at fullback on a couple snaps for the Carolina Hell Panthers. Yeah. Uh, had one the first time they did it, got out there, had a big block, blocking through the whistle, got a first down. It was fun. Uh, and then they were talking to like Brady Christensen, I guess, after the game, or whatever. And uh, <laughs> they got an eight-man offensive line package that that package that they nicknamed Arby's because they got the meat. Which is I good. heard about that. They got a love. So yeah, Cade Mays is out of nowhere. Okay. Um, going finally to to start the rook. Uh, after the Cardinals lost, and and obviously Kyler's done for the year uh, on Monday Night Football. Like they should just play my J Sanders and Cameron Thomas so much more. Please. Like I know, yeah. Like my J Sanders has been playing more and more. He played fifty four percent of the snaps this week, but he's also was solid since I we, yeah since week nine he's played between sixteen and fifty four percent, very very wide range. Has five pressures in a sack in that time. Thomas has played between sixteen and thirty three percent in that time. Has a sack, a PBU, and three pressures. I mean, let's just play them both. Like they both have had a couple flashes. Thomas looked good when they played the Chargers. Um, I, I just want to see more of them. Yeah, yeah. Thomas, Thomas kind of forced that one interception. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know. You got to think that whole regime. Obviously, Steve Kime is uh, stepping away from football for medical reasons uh, tonight, and you got to think that whole regime is going to be uh, different come next year. So, but yeah, I, I, they've both shown glimpses, and Maji's been really impressive at times. Yeah. So. I'm going, I'm going with another pass rusher who was a first-round pick. Um, it was Jermaine Johnson, and, and he, this is actually the most snaps he's played all year at 40%. So he seems to be trending in the right direction. So I just want to keep that kind of going. And, like, he didn't flash too much on defense, I thought, but, like, he blocked a punt for a safety. And it was, it was a great play. He just beat, beat, beat the, uh, the the guy that, that was blocking him and just I, – I want to see if he can, you know, keep that momentum going. You know, Mike Norvell quote tweeted us, so I got I to gotta give him a shout-out, of course. Yeah, you just carry Mike Norvell's water. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm Seminole Nation for life. All right. Congrats uh, to you and the Seminole Nation on Jaheim Bell. <laughs> Thank you. I, like I said to you uh, off show, uh, Norvell's going to turn him into the next uh, you know running back, wide receiver, whatever weapon, baby. 